Roll up, roll up, ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest podcast on earth. Step right up and experience the magnificence that is the Two Ring Circus Podcast. You'll gasp. <gasps> you'll laugh. And you'll be amazed at what comes next. Amazing. Don't worry about the smell. It's just the stars of our show, Tom Italiano. Hello. And <laughs> Matt Bradshaw. It's not the way I said to go. Welcome. Why did you say to go? <laughs> not <laughs> the way you're going. You said to go to the freeway. Yeah. I'm going to the freeway. Which freeway? The, the one that takes us to Crown? Yeah, but there's two. You can go that way or that way. I'll well, you can go way. this way. Thanks. Go this way. <laughs> hey, welcome to episode number... 122. We're going back to Crown to pick up Matt's car. Fuck! <laughs> God damn it. This will never not be funny, this kind of scenario. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Great. We all do this kind of shit, mate. All good. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, we talked about it in the last one, so now we can push that aside. Excellent. And not talk about it again. Hey, Otherwise, apparently... Uh-oh. Um, I'm at 90%, no, 90, no, hang on, what am I? I am more optimistic about the future of Australia than 97% of other Australians, according to the survey thing that you told me I should do last week. Did you find it interesting? Uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I find it interesting, like, for example, that, um, I find it really interesting that... 97% of Australians don't have an optimistic view of the future, which I find that to be, well, I'm sure I could extrapolate all kinds of things from it, but one thing I do extrapolate from is how fucking short-sighted and ungrateful can you possibly be to live in a country as remarkable as Australia and have all the opportunities that we have and not be optimistic about the future? Um, it was interesting. One of the things that I... I think I read about the survey was that younger Australians have uh, not not uh, this isn't the optimism question but this is um, how many people think Australia is like one of the best places in the world to live and younger Australians like under 25 I think they said have a more negative opinion about how good Australia is than older Australians do and I wonder if I'm that, older Australian I, I understand well, me too yeah. and I wonder if that is um, because maybe younger Australians haven't had the opportunity to travel as much yeah, yeah. I must and be, just yeah. literally haven't seen how fucking how amazing it is to come home to Australia like I've seen some amazing places in the world yeah. but um, and I've lived in places and I really enjoyed living there you know I, I as a kid I loved living in Indonesia but I was a kid um, but as a as an adult I lived in China for two and a half years and loved it yeah but well after two and a half years in China and you know almost six months in Dubai fuck I wanted to come home to Australia um, yeah the, the rest of the world is a great place to have an adventure yeah but it's but and it's beautiful things to look at and, and yeah. all that sort of thing but we're in like a major um, 
city. Like Melbourne, you know, is a, 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 a worldwide known city. And fuck, we're driving around at 11 o'clock at night. There's no traffic. There's, you know, it's, <laughs> it just, you couldn't be 40 minutes out of London and have it be like this. Um, or, I don't know if London was the best example. Why? Well, because, well, the UK is huge concentrations of population, and, and but mostly countryside. I've driven 40 minutes in London and not been out the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've driven 40 minutes in London and only gone 10 kilometres. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I've also driven 40 minutes in Melbourne and gone two kilometres, as was <laughs> evident bloody three weeks ago because of, you know, the marchy thing that was happening. Ah, the marchy thing. Um, yeah, um... Yes, I, that's, I mean, that's an isolated thing. I, I wasn't surprised at the difference between people feeling, uh, uh, men and women, feeling like they could walk around at, in this suburb at night time. I was surprised that so many felt comfortable. Like, was, by the time I did the survey, it was 40, 47% women, yeah. 73% men. Okay. And I thought that was quite a reasonable uh, uh, disparity. I thought, yeah, that's, that's reasonable. I think... Um, I don't. I don't think it's advisable for anyone to be walking around at night time. But the fact that people think they could, you know, depending on, and I do think that depends on where they live. Um, if you, if you live in Carlton, man or woman, you're much less likely to walk around at night time than if you live in Lara. Um, yeah. But, um, mm. What else? Um, I am out. like forty-three percent of the rest of Australia in that I'm centrist. Uh-huh. Um, which also kind of tends to go in line with any personality test I've ever done. Yeah, right. Where I'm like so smack bang right in the middle of everything that um, I'm, one, I'm, the, I'm the jerk that can play devil's advocate just for fun. That's basically what that says. Um, uh, had, uh, had we been recording on Saturday instead of Thursday night, when Tuesday night, I would have done it again so I could actually refer to some numbers and we stuff. Could do it, we could do, totally do it again, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I, I would find that interesting. To yeah, I was... be able to look at numbers. I was very much more positive than the rest of the show when it came to... Um, That's the one that stuck with you, isn't it? Yeah, but, uh, but all of the things that had, like, your... your Outlook about yourself, oh, yeah, okay. your own future, retirement, all that kind of stuff. I was way uh, more positive. Like I was in the like extreme um, of feeling like you know, uh, yeah, my I'd be okay. No, no, I'd be okay in retirement or the um, the health of the planet. Uh, I wasn't particularly enamoured with our education standards. I was kind of like in the middle. Uh, but um, I was surprised to find out that way, like way more people than I thought thought it was good. Uh, thought the education high. system was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, you know, like also, like I have a master's degree, so I have experience. No, <laughs> no. So like, I would say like I have experience with five different tertiary 
institutions with different courses I've done. Um, I went to a private school and then I went to a state school. Like I've, I've got more, I guess, opportunities to see how things have yeah. been run differently over as, uh, you know, my entire life as soon as uh, 2015, 2016. So um, I think perhaps some people who are older than me or even my age, last time they were in a university or school was 20 years ago. So um, maybe they have a different idea of what it's like now. Go that way. Um, hmm, okay. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a pessimist world, that's for sure. According to the survey, I was I was really struck at how negative. Uh, I, saw I a definitely lot of need to do it again then because uh, I, that's I don't I didn't remember it. I didn't remember it being like that. Maybe it's because I'm such an optimist. I didn't even see that. But um, I think uh, like sixty-seven percent of men, I'm not a feminist, which kind of makes me kind of feel interested to talk to men who think they are feminists. It's interesting. I think that I think that thirty-three percent of men don't know what a feminist is. Oh yeah, but I was about to say <laughs> exactly that. Because um, I got I got one hundred percent more. You know, I wholeheartedly support equality, but I wouldn't say I'm a I'm a feminist. Oh really? Yeah. Well, was, I didn't get to see your face because I'm driving when you said, oh, really? I said, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I that's interesting, too. I, find, I did find it interesting. Ah. Also, I did see that movie. Joker? Yes. Is it too soon for us to talk about it? Why? I don't know. Spoiler alert. Oh, no. No? Spoiler alert. Okay, we're about go. to talk about Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So turn off now. Or stick around for the rest of this conversation. Uh, so, um, I seem to recall you saying, paraphrasing, that you didn't necessarily enjoy it, but you thought it was remarkable. I think it's a remarkable movie. Um, it's a little bit... It's not a happy film. No. Uh, and there's no good guys. Everyone's a bad guy. Everyone's a bad guy. Yep. Um, it is... But it's it's a remarkable film because it is so detailed. In um, quirky filmmaker ways, like when... I don't know if you noticed this. Um, when he's kind of going through his head auditioning to, in his own mind how he's going to behave on the show and he's drawn the name of the show's host on the mug like so so he's, no. in, he's in his apartment right and he's sitting down in his seat and he's talking to the other guy over there and you know how they always have mugs yeah. he's written the guy's name on the mug I noticed a couple of times just towards the end of the film where I, I noticed the same time on every clock. Oh, shit. It's the same time on every clock in the movie. And so I, I want to see it again to see if clocks appear earlier in the film and if it's the same time on every clock then. Okay. Um, 
things like that which you kind of go ah oh, that's something there's something about this there's something about this okay um, I mean my overwhelming impression given that <coughs> there seems to be uh, so much positive hype about it is that maybe I missed the point because it's not a, it's a, you did I mean, see it three days after it came out yeah what does that mean well you you saw it after so you saw it just a couple of days after other people who'd seen it who told you oh you've got to go see it so they were keen to see it straight away so they would have seen it in the first three days so there's an in element fairness, only two people but yes oh that's you know it's still two people that yeah you know kind of inspired you to go oh well I'll go tonight then. so I thought I found it really slow and I didn't I don't mean in the sense of you know uh, laborious no I do mean that I mean I don't mean um, for me I didn't get that slow burn leading to the fucking massive climax in the last 20 minutes thing it was just I just oh for fuck can we just move it along people come on yeah really I didn't, I didn't get that um, but I thought that and I didn't think he was that good oh, you thought he was wow. amazing is it remarkable the, the reason why I think it's remarkable is because of a few things that I observed in it in that his he has a so he has a different way of behaving with everyone he interacts with so he's one of those people who's um he mirrors people's posture he mirrors people's behavior yeah or he takes a um so when he's intimidated he's this kind of caved in over himself character and then when he when he's powerful, he's like like the, all that kind of stuff is really, really interesting. Again, um, I, I, maybe I missed the point because I found that uh, found that really distracting and a little bit patronising in his performance. I felt it was contrived. Right. Well, it was definitely contrived. <laughs> um, what I find interesting is, oh, what I loved about it is the tackling of some really important themes that we don't really. Here's one. Here's one that is clearly, and clearly a big theme in the film that I've heard no one talk about and no one mentioned in reviews. But the the epidemic of fatherlessness and how much of a problem that is for our society, in the sense of so very early in the film he's what he's sitting on in he's in bed with his mother he's an adult still lives with his mother yeah. in bed with his mother so this kind of Oedipal complex yeah. thing going on right because the very next scene I think he's washing his mother's hair yeah, so yeah, she's naked yeah. in the bath so there's no implication that he has a sexual relationship with his mother but no. he's clearly something's happened early in his life that he hasn't grown out of that yeah thing, which is, you know, a, a young three, four, five-year-old boy thing. Um, but then, so he's in bed with his mother watching the yeah. TV show host guy, and then has a fantasy about, like, so then he 
he's in the show, standing up on stage, and he's acting like a little boy talking to Murray when he's in the audience. Murray Franklin, is it? Um, and acting like a little boy, kind of swinging, so he's clearly looking for a father figure. And then the very next thing that, because um, he talks about how good he is, he looks after his mum, and then he comes down, and Murray Franklin says, I don't, I give up everything to have a son like you. Yeah. It's like, whoa, that's such a, such a common problem in our society that we just, for some reason, we just not, no one talks about it. Uh, you've seen The King of Comedy? Do you know what? I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, which um, I believe there's a lot of um, throwback yeah. to. But also there's the comic book that a lot of this stuff's based on, which a lot of this, that stuff comes out of too, about him going on a show and getting ridiculed for being a failed comic. Kind of okay. Um... um. Uh, and I know you've seen Taxi Driver. Yes. I just, I, I, it was weird to me watching it, and, and it, I, I felt like they, were, they weren't homages. They, I felt like they were kind of rip-offs. And kind of, particularly with the King, King of Comedy, which is a great film. Well, so is Taxi Driver. Um, Yeah, it left me a bit... left me a bit cold. Like, I... Well, I... It should leave you cold, that movie. It's really full of... Yeah, well... No, I didn't. I, it, I didn't find it. It affected me in that way at all. Yeah, um, it, it definitely brings up... You know, the... Also thought it was quite weird that there was instantaneous videotape of his performance that they could just play back on new versions of the show over and over and over. Couldn't get the I couldn't get the timeline on it. I didn't know where I, I, I didn't know when it was set. It was quite I found it really disconcertingly ambiguous. The sorry, the instantaneous playback of when? Well, they were showing uh, when they kept playing his um, comedy club performance back on the TV show. Yeah. Uh, where 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 did that video come from? was like it was like fucking iPhone video that they were showing on the TV show from this performance at a little fucking back room comedy club somewhere yeah I mean so that was a weird anachronism that I couldn't quite okay I think a lot of um kind of stand up clubs and stuff like that have had video like they feel they've Joker apologist yes well, no, no, no. They've, you know, they've always filmed because that's what the stand-up guys do. They want to film their set so they can watch it. When was it set? Early 80s. Late 70s. I'd say, like, 81, 82, kind of vibes. Okay. I don't know. But around that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the parent themes were really, really interesting. I thought um, that... You, you know, the, you know, the abuse that, I, I kind of got a hint of it straight away, like early on when he's telling his mum about him doing the stand-up thing and his mum saying, 
but don't you have to be funny? Like, it's like, ah, oh, she's been mean to him for a long time in some way or another. And as it turns out, you know, he had a pretty horrific childhood yeah. at the hand of his mother. Um, but also that um, to be ri- ridiculed by your parents and disregarded, like, because then, of course, he casts the game show host into a, a father figure and he kind of makes fun of him. Yeah. And then the other potential father figure does it too. It's like if you disregard people over and over and treat them poorly over a 35, 40 year period, you're going to create, you know, people are going to become unhinged. I think that that's really, was a really powerful message. And also the, the other thing too, I mean, like we all know that most of the psychopaths in our um, society have an abusive, have had an abusive child. Like that's, but the thing is, you can't tell. So this guy starts off with the film, you know, he's, he's, his job is a clown. And he's, when he's, a, did you notice the difference too? When he's dressed up as a clown, how he's got this beautiful fluid movement. And then when he does, takes the, um, takes the paint off his yes so when he when he's acting when he's got his act on like he's it's comfortable but it's interesting too like how he's he's trying to be a good person and shit just keeps happening to him yeah and yeah it's really really I found it really fascinating and I've only seen it once and I'd, I'd love to see it again just to try and pick up on what's in the background here what's in the background there and like the clocks thing I noticed but I didn't see it okay. at the start well I may see it again I may not I may not well you know just because there's a lot of stuff in the world yeah yeah um incidentally yesterday I watched uh the Batman one with Heath Ledger and I thought you couldn't have two completely different the only thing that I could see is similar between them is that um, you have no idea what this person's history actually is. So there are so many... So in the Heath Ledger one where he t- tells the story of his scars, so he actually you got no idea how he got his scars. Actually. Yeah. And the other thing is you don't know where it came from, you know nothing about him, you know he's just this unhinged psychopath. Whereas the difference between that and this movie is that you find out every reason why this person becomes like that. Yeah. Yet, there's all these kind of suggestions that maybe none of it's true. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big spoiler. You might want to keep that one to yourself. Well, just even, you know, there's a few things where you kind of go, like, you know, he's there dressed as this and he's there dressed as this, but is he even even in any of those places yeah so yeah and, and there's a hint of that with the the relationship with his with the, the relationship with the girl who lives in the place next door and, oh yeah, yeah yeah but also his relationship with with everyone like there's the kind of thing like did any of the interactions he had with any of them happen um which really which is really interesting um so I just I love that I loved it. I um, I didn't enjoy did it. Love it. Well, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't go. Wow, that was great. I 
can't wait to buy that on DVD and watch that once a week, like you know, perhaps you do with other films. Um, but it was fa- I thought it was fascinating. It's a and really, really well made. Huh. And then when I couldn't find a moment where it was like, oh, that's a bad edit. Do you know, I don't think there's any of those, you don't pick a, you're not going to pick a mistake. It's not going to be a Starbucks coffee cup in the wrong spot or anything like that, you know. <laughs> um, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? No. Any of it? Uh, I think I saw it maybe about 15 minutes when I was, when I was living with my sister and Kit. Um, and it was, you know what's funny? It was like a kind of raunchy scene and I felt kind of weird sitting next to my sister watching this thing. I was like, this is awful. Um, I, I remember being like that watching movies with my parents. Yeah. Really intensely uncomfortable. My um, ex-girlfriend from many, many years ago, uh, Kerry. You've met Kerry, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I like that lady. Um, she recounts the time when she and mum and I, dad was working away, she and mum and I were watching something. She, she'd be able to remember what the film was because it, it scarred her for life. Because <laughs> um, it, uh, it started getting hot and heavy with whatever was happening. <laughs> and I made some lame excuse and left the room and just left my, my girlfriend and my mum uh, watching this thing together. Cup of tea? Yeah, cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. She's never forgiven. She died. I reckon that was only the last time I saw her up in Queensland that she reminded me I did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, terribly squirmy and uncomfortable. No, I, I don't think I have many of those stories. But I do remember watching stuff when I was young and I'd be sitting close to the TV and if there was a joke or something that I thought was funny, I'd kind of look back. It's like, am I right to laugh at this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, always want my parents' permission. <laughs> I've, uh... When I was a kid, I would read, and if I knew that I'd read something that was a joke, but that I didn't get, I would read it out to my parents and see if they laughed. Right. And then I'd know whether or not it actually was a joke or not. (laughs) Weird. Kids are weird. I remember, here's the one with my dad. Don't um, press anything? Uh, I just said. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was a, an Ibanez guitar ad in a magazine, and it was Paul Gilbert with his, you know, Paul Gilbert guitar, which has the F holes on it. Yep. And it was a lava lamp as well. I remember the lava lamp in the ad. And um, the caption is um, Opinions are like F holes. Everyone's got them. Uh, and my dad's like, "What's that? Oh, it's the things on the guitar." Oh, okay. Like you thought I was reading something like really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what happened, but I feel like he thought it was inappropriate. It's like, <laughs> and maybe he said, "I want one of these guitars." That may have been the how he saw it. Parents. I thought I was in trouble. You were in trouble. Well, I thought I was. No, Jade's got one. A Paul Gilbert guitar? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. She's got lots of cool guitars. Far out. She really does. Yeah. Crazy. I'm selling lots of my guitars. I. Yeah, I don't have room for them. 
What? I have room for it in my house. In my gi ginormous house. It'd be ridiculous. Because I'm only allowed to have one room. <laughs> I say that because I think Kat will hear this and I'm only joking. But you know, like, some jokes have an element of truth. Yes! Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, some jokes do. Oh, everyone thinks I'm like Not everyone. Yeah. Deep down inside where their pearls forming. <laughs> Uh, well, the reality is we all are in the right in the right scenario and if you don't which is interesting too we go back to the movie for a second what I thought was really interesting is that although although you like you don't uh, sympathize with the psychopath you completely empathize with the journey of how you someone could eventually be broken and of course in that film you find oh, out he's a he's a completely pitiable character yeah but it was interesting the other thing too is like you just kind of i i i, th I think we just live, live in this which going back to the survey which why do was you, you press anything uh yeah i'll do it oh it says i will but maybe i won't there we go um which, you know, in the survey I was surprised that people weren't as optimistic as I was. But it's also kind of feeds into this idea that people have no idea how close they are to becoming monsters themselves. Like, what you get there is you get, in that movie, it shows how over a long enough period of time of, of being in the wrong situations and being treated in certain ways and, you know, abused... Um, the people can just fucking snap. Yeah. And that's why when you hear about, you know, um, you know, the person who just ends up snapping one day and, you know, interviews the neighbours and whatnot. Yeah. And, and it's like, you were he was just, you know, he just seemed like a nice guy. You know, he used to say hi every time he put his rubbish out. You know, he would, he would mow our nature strip for us because we didn't have a mower. You know, that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, people are completely normal, except it takes a, and it, it's, you know, it does take a lifetime. For some people, you know, they start going off the rails with their young kids, but yeah, most don't. So is that, and I think there's something about watching a film, particularly like that, where you go, wow, shitty thing after shitty thing after shitty thing and also not a very bright guy no like so and, you know well not just bright, not bright but as you find out potentially yeah. brain damaged yeah, yeah you know so and that's a very common story of the well we, we, you know the psychopaths in our society but I just yeah I find it interesting how people look at that and go well how is that possible it's like well fucking hell someone someone has to be in the wrong place at the wrong time enough times that's just how <laughs> how the world is unfortunately yeah um uh, yes okay okay fuck alright we'll be able to see it again go on I mean, what's that Batman one with Heath Ledger? Fuck the Batman concepts are ridiculous. Such a ridiculous thing. I, don't, I was watching, watching it just going, why? 
why do we completely accept this as a potentially legitimate story that we will continue to go to the movies and watch over and over again? This guy dressed up as a bat. Don't get me wrong, I love the love the films and I love the story, but oh my god, it's so stupid. Well, they're all stupid. Yeah, but it's. Batman. Like, oh my god. But you, they, somehow they're able to make these films and tell these stories in a way that you, you would just watch it. You're like, <laughs> because, yeah, it's so ridiculous. I'm a big fan of Bat Dad on Facebook. I don't know who Bat Dad is. What's Bat Dad doing? This guy like, just dressed up as Batman, and, but he's a dad. Well, he only, yeah, but he only ever films sort of just the mask it's just him interacting with his kids and his family that's funny in the Batman voice yeah sit down yeah we're not there yet yeah yeah that sort of thing yeah right <laughs> it's actually quite endearing oh that's cute the little boy's a fucking monster is he yes yeah right it's all because of the way he's been brought up by his bad dad I'm sorry about that could be yeah, <laughs> well at least his bad dad's present it's funny, there's, there's a few of those sort of YouTube-y type people that I have come to know. <laughs> Bad Dad's one of them, and, and Tucker the Labrador is another one. Um, they're both two that stick in my mind because they quite often pop up on Facebook, and uh, they are clearly actually have... have learned the monetizing system of YouTube and all that sort of stuff and are making money from it now that's not why they have these beautiful houses and cars and all that sort of thing but they're all really well to do they're, they're like beautiful big homes and privileged upbringings and not, not, not them but certainly their children yeah. and their animals yeah. yeah quite interesting and then I've got my new friend uh, Ian Seacroft, I think his name is. He uh, he runs a car YouTube channel called Hubnut, right. and he does. Uh, he um he refurbishes his own cars and all that sort of thing. But quirky little tiny cars, and, and he's just he's uh and he he reviews. He reviews old cars. He reviews old clunkers from the 70s. Just... <laughs> that sounds so ridiculous. I can't believe I'm describing it to you. But I love him. He's so... He's Welsh and just... Oh, cool. <laughs> and it's just him with a gimbal and just... Let's have a right. look at this. Oh, I don't actually know how this works. Um, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, really funny. And I messaged him when I was in London. Right. Just by a complete coincidence. Uh, yeah, Facebook messaged him and, I, you know, he wrote back within an hour. So yeah, it was really cute. I, the, 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 the thing I love about the social media thing and the being able to talk to these people, actually being able to kind of talk to these people, it, it's, it blows my mind. The guys, that, the musos that I grew up listening to, I think I said grow, but I meant grew. The musos that I grew up listening to, um, who I now have interactions with my Facebook Messenger and stuff. Like guys that I l listened to before I was a musician and now I just every now and then will drop them a line. <laughs> they fucking write back. It's fucking bizarre. 
and I love it. So they're not geeky much? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because one, you know, in that part of the music industry, like those guys who were big in the 80s and early 90s and all that sort of stuff, they're their contribution to the music scene now is such a cottage industry yeah. where they do do everything themselves yeah. And, yeah. and I think in, in a completely not cynical way them maintaining that sort of interaction with their fan base is actually really important Oh, and perhaps it's genuinely important too yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's really important to them yep That is cool, though. It is, it is cool that the people, those people that, like you said, you grew up listening to. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, continues to blow me away. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I bump into Dave Leslie, he's like the nicest guy. It was like, oh, you don't know how I wore out a VHS of Baby Animals live at MTV Basement tapes. Uh-huh. Wore it out, like, and you know, yeah. Occasionally, you'll meet you'll meet people that. Or you'll see people you know, doing gigs with Jack Jones, just kind of go, "What am I? You know, what on earth is going on here?" Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And they're they're cool. I'm very glad I moved to Melbourne and not Sydney. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's all this. I would have never driven to Frankston as often as I did. I certainly would be driving to Sydney to see it. Did you consider Sydney? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, when I got back from Dubai. When I got back from Dubai, after just, you know, having been away, for, like we just said in the last podcast, for pretty well three years, and just I I just wanted to come back home and re-establish a sort of a, a home base. But my home then was Adelaide. It's, it just wasn't, there wasn't anything in Adelaide for me. So, not, yeah, a, yeah. not a big enough music scene. No. Yeah. Well, I've been to Adelaide and it's lovely, but it's you know closed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's nowhere else in Australia that supports a, 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 as tight as you and I know it is continuing to be yeah. and to become. Um, there is nowhere else in Australia that you and I could work the number of times we do in a week. No. So, no, it's we're very lucky. Fortuitous choices, and certainly, you know, afforded some fantastic opportunities. But you know, the fact—I mean, what's drawn me to that, what's what sort of pushed me towards that part of the conversation—is yeah, the, the Jack Jones and the Dave Leslie's of the world that we can just fucking see. Yeah. <laughs> well, call and say you want to come do a gig. Yeah, ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, fucking. Dave, Leslie and I sharing a stage and singing Kiss songs together. Yeah. What the fuck? It's <laughs> just the best. Oh, and fucking Stu Run in that band as well from um, Baby Farm yeah. Animals. No, Super Jesus. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend used to always call that made me laugh. Um, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, I was, do you know, I just had a legitimate thought. It's like, oh, we've gone to the tunnel. Will this stuff work down here? That's cute. Because I thought it might be 3G. Yes. No, you're not. We're all good. We're all good. We're all good. Mate, I can't thank you enough for this above and beyond bit of our friendship. Which actually means he's not going to try. That's right. (laughs) 
It's done. <laughs> Fuck, no wonder people think I'm an arsehole. <laughs> oh, I just love phrases like that. Because I know I say them too. And wonder if the other person's thinking, you at least fucking try. No, no, it's the least I can do. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. It's, it's one step further on than yeah. the least I can do. <laughs> the least I can do is just... Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, this is something I can do. I don't people speak proper. Here's your words. So you and I won't uh, see each other again in this forum until you get back from Fiji, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. You're a big grown-up going on holidays. Um, I'm going on holiday to an actual holiday for I think the first time yeah. that I can remember. Yeah, well, for a week. Fiji, that's, that's resort living, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and i got to say... We pushed go on buying the holiday thing um, when we were parked out the front of that Mexican restaurant thing that we all went out. <laughs> we were in the car, like, doing it when you guys showed up. Brilliant. And we're like, we've we got to get this done. got to get this done. And um, the feeling that I had when we pressed it, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, it's going to be really good. I need it. Well, I've never felt like, oh, I need a holiday, but I, I need to rest my body. You've had a lot going on as well, mate. Yeah. So yeah, I need a reset. And hope, well, you know, I don't necessarily want to put all my eggs in that basket and hope it does what I need it to, but I think it'll go a long way at least. So I feel very lucky. Good. Yeah. And here we are, back at the... Where it all began. That crown. Very, very Fuck, it's up past 12. We finished that gig two and a half hours ago. No, but we have done... And there's nothing left on the tab, so I can't even go in and have a celebratory <laughs> drink. <laughs> I mean, I could. I could actually buy my own drinks. But then that'd be like working at now. So... Yeah, be... <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I think we should stay in the podcast here until we actually get back to your car and make sure... And I'll film you get in your car. Make sure my spare key actually <laughs> works. Actually works. Oh, imagine if it did it. Oh, imagine. <laughs> imagine a lot of things. Imagine I'd lost the keys to my house on the way here as well. I, well, I've got a good imagination. I oh. could probably imagine that. I don't like it. <laughs> um, well, this has actually been rather productive. Well, it has. Yeah. It has. Uh... And now we don't have to worry about getting to our gig early on Saturday. Correct. Yeah. So that's good. I might okay. go look at a house. Go look at a house. Yeah. Go look at one in Lara so that next time you lock your fucking keys in your car, oh, no. <laughs> you can just go to my house and I can try for to work the next day. Unbelievable. I'm not joking, by the way. No, no, I know. Yeah. I know. You and I spend, like, a lot of time working out how to find time to do stuff together because <laughs> we live so far apart yeah oh my god I'm dizzy from driving up things well I'm going this way what really going the back way now I don't want to be dizzy no more okay you weirdo fucking weirdo you know how I said how good I was that I was indicating all the time. Yes. Until we got to the Crown Car Park where I haven't indicated well, that's okay. once. 
That's all right. And the speed limit is eight. Did you know that? P- pardon? The speed limit is eight in this car park. Yes. That's weird. Yeah. I've never noticed that. Yeah, I'm, I'm often, uh, I don't want to use the word offended, but I'm often, uh, <laughs> um, I'm put out by the people who speed in here. Oh, yeah. So unnecessary. Alright. And there are fucking kids in this car park. Well, there are sometimes, yes. Hey, it unlocked. That's exciting. Here's the question though, Matt. Will you be able to get into your car? Well, I just started it. You started it for that far away. That's amazing. Alright, we should say goodbye then. Slider biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, Matt's car's working. Yeah. Uh, thanks, mate. Oh, shit, I'm going to leave you with all this stuff then as well. That's all right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, you're welcome.